Live from the Motor City, all the way to the Volunteer State, it's time for the Reckless Speculation Podcast, where we recklessly speculate the latest news in the world of sports, from college football to NASCAR. We've got you covered. And don't forget to stick around for the world-famous Bet Your Nuts, where we will give you your best bets to make the most money. Now sit back, grab your favorite drink of choice, and join Robbie Davis, Raj Mehta, Brandon Chain, and Tom Sloan. It's showtime. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the scaled-down version of the Reckless Speculation Podcast. As you can see, the only one on the screen besides myself is the one and only Robbie Davis. Welcome back, Robbie. Hey, I'm glad, glad to be back. It's been I've had a two-week hiatus with, uh, you know, I was on vacation one week and then had some uh, personal stuff that uh, I had to deal with. And so it's glad to be back and glad to be talking sports instead of um, what I've been dealing with. But, yeah, so glad to, glad to be back. Yeah, I'm sure this is a, a good break from what you had to go through. Um, as you can see, it's just the two of us. Uh, Raj is enjoying a little family time in lovely Southern California, where he uh, unfortunately witnessed Arizona uh, take care of business <laughs> uh, out there in L.A. He was at the games uh, with his son, which I'm sure that was a good experience. And Brandon is enjoying some uh, bourbon with his wife on the old Kentucky bourbon trail. So uh, hopefully both of those guys are having a good time and we look forward to having them back with us next week. Uh, but as far as tonight goes, we're going to squeeze in one show. Uh, normally we do two throughout the week, uh, but since it's just Robbie and I, we're going to do one and we're going to combine both of them into one with a little extra pizzazz. So uh, we're going to obviously talk college football. We're going to give our game balls and our fumbles. We're going to give our top five rankings, uh, as well as the NFL. We're going to go over some of the top headlines from last week uh, and as well give game balls and fumbles for that in our uh, power rankings in the NFL. And uh, MLB postseason is, is into the divisional round, so we're going to briefly hit on that a little bit. What a crazy, crazy game last night down in Atlanta between – the Braves and Phillies. Uh, I know Robbie's excited to talk about that one. And for all you uh, puckheads, uh, tonight's opening night in the NHL with uh, the Nashville Predators and Tampa uh, underway right now. Uh, that game's just about over with. It started at 530. Real strange, but um, we'll hit on that. We'll, we'll preview our Predators and my Detroit Red Wings, even though you can't see the logo. But uh, the wing wheel is there, I assure you. Um <laughs> But, but before we get this train on the track, we're drinking Jack. Hey, that rhymed. Uh, hey, look at look at you. You've been practicing that. <laughs> Reckless speculation, as always, brought to you by Jack Single Barrel. Uh, my friend, I should probably have some in my cup the, the week I've had and the week you've had. I'm sure it will help things uh, out immensely. And our, I do have some in my cup, so that yep, yep. You also have a dead deer head above your uh, uh, right shoulder, which is uh, very interesting. Uh, and we do want to thank our our sponsors, as always, Davis Keller and Davis, the one, the only Robbie Davis, as pictured there on the left. 
right next to Tunes the driving cat, who was uh, uh, hopefully he was uh, paroled after driving the the car off the cliff. <laughs> yeah, uh, and the aforementioned Brandon Chain C and W Construction. Uh, I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. These pictures are all we need to say. It's amazing work. If you need any sort of home improvement in the greater Nashville area, give them a call. CNW Construction. Go like them on Facebook as well. So, you know what? That's follow- the first time I've ever paid attention to those uh, photos. That is good work. Props to yeah. Brandon. That is good oh, work. My- it's like a, a, a an island oasis in in your backyard. I couldn't imagine. I would never leave the house if that if that was my backyard. <clears throat> There's no way because you you've got you've got the outdoor kitchen. You got the the TV out there. You got the jacuzzi and the oh man, I'm telling you, unbelievable work. C and W Construction. So and just to just to let people know, I did not kill this deer behind me. Uh, there's a couple of them. Uh, I am at our lake cabin for the evening, and uh, I assume my uh, grandfather or somebody uh, may have killed them. I did not, but I thought I thought maybe you uh, you you purchased them at at home or TJ Maxx or something <laughs> to hang up on your wall. <laughs> like uh, just like 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 Brian Kelly, I uh, get into new surroundings and just totally change myself. Anything for the family, uh, Robbie? Did you are you aware that today is Mental Health Day? Um, I did not know that. I did not know that. October 10th is National uh, Mental Health Day, which we could all definitely take a break and, and use uh, that opportunity to, to reflect on things and make sure that, you know, our families and ourselves are in the proper place and, and, and are doing well. Um, and another fun fact of October 10th, 1845, the U.S. Naval Academy opened up, which it was originally called the Naval School. Yeah, fifty members were the the uh, inaugural uh, enrollment. So that was interesting. And the number one song in 1987, October 10th, was "White Snake." <laughs> Here I go again, and ladies yeah. and gentlemen. As I speak that, uh, my mullet is growing. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and just just to touch briefly on Mental Health Day, um, any of my friends are listening, or anyone in the Chattanooga area knows what we've been dealing with. And so, yes, if you have mental problems or you feel yourself having mental issues, get some help. It, it, don't yeah. ever be too proud to ask. And um, it's a, it's it is a uh epidemic in this country and and not in this country in the world but yes get help if you need help it is and 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 i think it's a stigma with men and it's a pride issue uh some men would rather keep it inside instead of uh, letting it out because they don't feel manly if they admit that they have a problem but um you know you got to think about yourself you got to think about Every, you know, the people around you, whether it's your wife, whether it's your kids, if you have them, um, when you're not right, they're not right. So, you know, you have to make sure that, you know, everything's clicking and don't be afraid to ask for help because 
there's somebody there that's willing to listen. And, you know, we as a show, as a whole, the four of us are very, very proactive when it comes to mental health and, and, and aren't afraid to admit to each other when there's issues. So don't be afraid. Um, if there's a problem, reach out to somebody because I'd rather have you reach out to me than, than have you not there. So but, yeah. uh, great, great take, uh, Robbie. Great take for sure. So we're going to get this thing going tonight. Um, and we're going to start... We're going to start in the world of college football, as you can see there on the left in our rundown. Uh, we're going to go down to Miami and what might go down as one of the biggest bonehead coaching decisions, maybe in the history of college football. Uh, to, to recap, Mario Cristobal, they've got a five-point lead with 40 seconds to play. Um, Georgia Tech has no timeouts. All they got to do is kneel on the ball. What do they do? They run a play. And what happens? You guessed it. There was a fumble. Uh, questionable fumble. Uh, some will say that it may not have been a fumble. Um, but nonetheless, a fumble occurred. Georgia Tech takes possession, goes down, and with no time on the clock, they stun the Hurricanes in Miami for the win. <laughs> How big of a bonehead decision is that? And should there be any ramifications for him uh, for deciding that? Um, this was, I'm not saying it's Pete Carroll level, not giving the ball to Marshawn uh, Lynch, Marshawn, dumb because yeah. because of the stakes of that. But this was just idiotic i just think like back to you know my heavy playstation days <laughs> if you're the defense here you're like begging like please take a gamble run because yeah. there's nothing more helpless than just having the other team take a knee you're like run and play maybe something's gonna happen this is like did have you ever played madden like that that's like this question in the interview like i think that needs to be asked like you see coaches with uh hell uh Josh Heupel burning three timeouts and early in uh, against Florida. Like these are just bonehead. This like, have you ever played a video game? Like, you know, much, much less coaching, but this was just, and I mean, the backfiring, I mean, it's, it's, it is worth coming to have a serious conversation with them. If they fumble, well, one, if, if nothing goes wrong, still, why are you doing this? But then just to fumble mm. and not lose the game, like, whoa, what are you thinking? But to actually have all this happen is just like, it's like the, the karma just being like, that was really dumb, and we're going to show you how dumb it can be. I mean, what did yeah, you think? It, I mean, it was one of those where it was. You, you don't expect a mistake like that from Cristobal, who yeah. he's, a, he's an experienced coach coming from Oregon. Um, you know he's under fire because he's he really hasn't turned that program around like a lot of people thought. But what what was intriguing to me is is one of the coaches on the offensive side basically got right in his face. Is like you got to kneel on it. You got to kneel on yeah. it. And they ran a play. So I it, it it just doesn't make sense to me that you would even put your team in that situation. And and you can't fault the kids because obviously they're doing what the coaches is, is instructing them to do. But I, I, I think this kind of 
puts all their quarterbacks on notice when the coach is, is asking you to call a play when you've already got the game at hand and all you need is one kneel down and it's over. I, I, I think there might be a, an audible called in that situation, but yeah. um, uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I don't think you'll see him make that mistake again, because if he does, then, then now we're questioning his, uh, his intellect as, as far as a coach is concerned. Well, and, and if I'm, isn't this the second time something like this has happened to him? <sighs> I'm not sure. I know there was I, a situation. I I, I, there was a situation. I don't believe it was his team, but <laughs> uh, the team had no timeouts. And instead of spiking the ball, they took a knee, <laughs> which uh, kept the clock rolling. And um, uh, uh, the, then eventually the top, the time ran out and uh, game was over. I mean, as I mean, far as other, him, I'm not sure. Yeah. And the other thing is, this is a very winnable ACC. Yeah. And Miami just lost a game to Georgia Tech, who's not very good, Mm-mm. that they absolutely should not have. Nope. And you're you're looking at, you know, a potential outside playoff chance there. And then um yes, the bad loss. Probably one that very similar to some of those Purdue losses that you guys, Big Ten team guys like to talk about. <laughs> those Purdue losses that keep you out of the playoffs. Um, this was, this was a bad one. Yeah, it was, it, it, it'll go down. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, then heading up to Louisville. Yep. That's right. I said it Louisville, not Louisville or Louisville, but Louisville where the Cardinals, uh, put on a defensive clinic against Notre Dame. Notre Dame's kind of been trending in the wrong direction the last couple weeks get beat by Ohio State, and then coming back, uh, barely getting by Duke last week. But um, Hartman just hasn't looked really good uh, as far as quarterbacks are concerned. He's, he's kind of just doing enough, and they've relied more, mostly on that defense. Um, you've, you've been an advocate for Notre Dame losing four games this year. Um, we're right on the, the verge of that happening with them playing USC this weekend. Um, if they, they lose this week, which ironically enough, they're favored, which we'll get into that later on in the show, a little bit of foreshadowing, but, um, Robbie, if they lose this weekend, are they out of the top 25? Um, they should be look, you, you got coming up USC pit at home at Clemson wake at home. I don't think they do better than two and two through that stretch. Um, yeah. I mean, Wake Forest, it, it, Wake Forest is a, is a, is a coin toss. Any, yeah. they're either hot or they're cold, a lot like Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think this was a lot of the hype and, you know, as always with Notre Dame and I'm not a Notre Dame hater. I'm not, I just know right. what I've seen and yeah, they squeaked by uh, Duke. They had a chance with Ohio State before kind of Ohio State starting to find their footing um, but yeah, I mean, I haven't looked at the rankings today. How far did they're uh, 21 right now? 21, they dropped so yeah, to 21, yeah. So, them and they, yeah, oh, yeah, no, if they lose this weekend at home, especially favored, which I, I, yes, I agree with you, that line's a little suspect, but um, or maybe a trap. So, we shall see. Yeah, it could be. Um, obviously, these, on, these, this number is, is today, uh, Tuesday you know, four days before the game happens. So it could be a situation with 
uh, Vegas uh, wanting some money ran on one side, yeah. and then they they start flipping the switch. But well, uh, so through through was it through seven games? What do you make of Notre Dame? I and what do you expect? It's it's, it's concerning because uh, their their only weapon is um, the running back, and and he had twenty yards on the ground this this week. So on on like five carries. So the 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 commitment to the run is what they should be focused on. It, it just isn't there. Uh, and then ultimately, you have a very questionable receiver core. So Hartman doesn't have a lot of weapons to throw to. And is he doing too much? Is he trying to force things? Maybe. Uh, is it is it a situation where? Um, he's under a lot of pressure to succeed. Obviously he's, he's got a great track record coming in. So I, 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 I don't know if it, it's a coaching issue and, and we know that they bungled a, a, a play there at the end of the Ohio state game. So now you're coming into to think that, yeah. Hey, this, this, this could be a coaching problem in Notre Dame. And how long do those boosters and alumnus uh, keep rolling with, with him if last year it was an early season kind of uh hiccup and this year it's it's mid-season and it, and it could last a, a little bit longer so you wonder how how safe marcus freeman really is in, in south bend um well tom does take let, let me ask you about the flip side of this game um louisville sitting there undefeated their remaining schedule is at pitt Versus Duke, versus Virginia Tech, versus Virginia at Miami, versus Kentucky. I bet they're favored all the way through. What's their ceiling? And let's I, assume they they play Florida State in the ACC championship game. Would an undefeated Louisville get in the playoff? That's a tough question. If if they if they go undefeated and beat Florida State in an ACC championship game, I, I believe they deserve a playoff berth. Um, their defense is strong. And in the world of college football, a strong defense can take you places. And yeah. just look at look at what they did last week. Um, they're, they're, they're ranked 14 now. You got, yeah. you got 17 Duke on the schedule and 25 Miami. And let's assume it's a top 10 Florida State. Um, while that those are three, I, I mean, if if Louisville beats Duke, beats Miami, I don't think either of those teams are ranked at the end. Florida State no. will be, but is it is it is a win over Notre Dame and Florida State enough to get you in? Are you going to leapfrog some of these players? Ultimately, it comes down to what everybody else does. Uh, yeah, how the SEC plays out. A weak SEC this year. Uh, we may only see one team get in. Um, Will two Big Ten teams get in again this year? I'm I I don't know if that'll happen. It, I guess that all depends on how the game comes out at the end of uh, November. But you have to you have to include them in the conversation because yeah. the the defense is legit. I think the one thing that might uh, keep some voters from uh, giving a look is, is maybe their offense. Um, but it it's been yeah. impressive. It's been impressive this year, and and really looking at that schedule, um, this Saturday might be their toughest task the rest yeah. of the way. Yeah, with, I with think so. At, at Pitt, um, at Miami doesn't scare me, and in home against Kentucky, 
Um, that's an in-state rivalry, and and if yeah. they're going up for an opportunity to play in an ACC championship game, that's going to be a battle. Uh, and wow. at home, I, I like their chances there. Louisville, if you're a Louisville fan, you now have to be an Oklahoma fan because yeah. you you do not need Texas and Oklahoma to split in the Big 12 mm-hmm. championship game. Right, right. Yeah, you're – you you want the, the the top maybe eight to start getting real suspect, we'll say, yeah. when it comes to uh, wins and losses. Because the more that there's some turnover in that number, I think increases their chances, barring them, you know, winning, continuing on their, their streak. But um, yeah. it's, it's, it's exciting in Louisville. And, and, and they went in there on prime time and proved that they weren't afraid of the big fighting Irish because um, that was a, that was a, uh, a clean win for them. Um, yes. Yes, it was. But here's one of the mentioned uh, teams, Ohio state. They looked really discombobulated in the first half against Maryland. Maryland actually had a lead at, at, at one point, a 10 point lead. And it, it's ironic because they highlighted that Josh Gaddis is the, Offensive coordinator of Maryland, and it seemed at that point in the game, um, the offensive mindset changed. They started rush uh, uh, focusing on the run when Talia Taglu uh, Tunga Viola was clearly picking apart Ohio State's secondary, and the momentum changed. Ohio State came out and and pretty much dominated in that second half. Um, but I guess my question to you is. They've been playing with fire, Ohio State, whether it be a, a lack of a running game or uh, just a really soft secondary. Do you think they get away with these games uh, with with one coming up here? I believe next week they go to they play Penn State and then obviously come in here to Ann Arbor at the last Saturday of, of uh, November. Well, I did not plan this uh, with that, that opening that I had, but – don't look now at Purdue, 11 a.m. local time kickoff on the road. Um, does does this little weird, tricky place to play get them? Are they over? Are they looking towards Penn State? I think this is a trap game this weekend. Uh, Purdue is probably the the biggest head scratcher. In the Big Ten, you just they're a lot like Missouri or Wake yeah. Forest. You, you just you never know what you're going to get. There's there's kind of no gray area with them. They're either hot or cold. But yeah, I mean, their biggest game of the year is next week. And, yeah. Um, at home. Which, well, and then which, they got at Wisconsin after that. This is a trap game right yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, it, it, this is this is the start of a pretty good, pretty good run. What Wisconsin's a lot better. Rutgers, I mean, Greg Schiano, you, you know, he's going to have a little fire in, on, on the sidelines for that one, seeing that he was yeah. uh, an assistant coach at Ohio State. So um, there's a couple weeks here that, that could be really tricky for, um, but, for the yeah, Buckeyes. But, yeah, but to answer your question, uh, not only do they can get away with playing how they're playing, um, they won't win in Ann Arbor playing like this. And if they don't improve, who says? I think maybe Penn State. Uh, I, 
I think Penn State maybe can slip up. More than Ohio State. Just they've got the win against Notre Dame, but that's gonna fall. I, I mean, I, I keep saying that. that's gonna falter. I don't think Notre Dame's gonna be a big win. And then the schedule's just not that tough. So um I, I Ohio State can't lose to somebody they shouldn't lose to. Right. Um yeah. so maybe just that loss at Michigan. I mean, obviously they go undefeated, you know, they're in. Um but yeah, I, I worry about them. You know, they so they haven't won. They just haven't looked good. Not what you expect from this Ohio State team. Well, McCord, he had a really nice drive there at the end of the uh, Notre Dame game. Um, unfortunately, they had a bye, so I think whatever momentum they had, they they slipped up a little bit. Um, but they're they didn't have Travion Henderson. Their running game is really a lot like it was last year. They had injury problems. And I think they're relying on on Kyle McCord to 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 really get them through. And in these defenses are if you got a you got a good front defense and Maryland pressured him really well in that first half, forced a lot of a lot of bad throws, it took a lot of bad sacks. So um I, I think a good defense, especially up front, that Penn State has a really good defense. And I think that's yeah. carried them throughout the season. And and we know Michigan's got a good defense. So um, I, I, I don't know if he can go in Ann Arbor and, and pull out a victory. T- toss up. More likely to make the college football playoff. Penn State or Ohio State? Ohio State. Yeah, I don't I don't have faith in James Franklin. He was I, that that that, that was <laughs> I, I look at the schedule and I want to say Penn State, but I agree. I don't have faith in James I, Franklin either. I think Maryland beats him in a couple weeks because that's at Maryland. Um Next week, Ohio State, you know, that's going to be a tough, tough game. And then after the Maryland game, they've got Michigan at home. So um, James Franklin's already throwing fuel to the fire, making jabs at Michigan on Twitter, um, basically uh, saying that there's a certain team in the conference that's paying off other programs so they don't have to pay them, uh, allegedly. So um, he's going to do what he does best, and it's falter as the season goes along. So I, I – I don't give them much of a chance uh, to get to the college football playoffs. Um, so there was a little bit of controversy at the end of the Colorado Arizona state game uh, between Shador Sanders and the Arizona state uh, student section. They were really John at him. Most of the game calling him overrated, um, you know, using some expletives with his name and he did what we think he can do. He went down and orchestrated a really nice uh, late-game touchdown drive to put them up. The defense came through at the end, and he ran over to the student section with his Rolex, you know, doing the pointing thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love the passion. I, I think that's today's, you know, youth, today's college football. Um but I, I, I think he may have gone a little too far as far as that goes because he's, let's face it, he's he's kind of an entitled young man. He's He's been uh, given a pretty pretty uh, generous life with who his father was. But um, how do you feel about kind of the perception that Colorado has is a lot of the uh, – somebody referred them uh, to on a show I was watching today as uh, a lot of the old whites don't really uh, 
like the fact that they're passionate and they kind of lay it all on the field. But how do you feel about the way they kind of handle themselves on the field? Um, So we've talked about this several times on, on the show. Uh, My favorite NFL player um, growing up and probably, you know, of all time still uh, was Barry Sanders and, Barry Sanders, he always acted like he had been there before. He always handed the ball to the referee. And that's what I grew up admiring. I Mm -hmm. understand. I don't want to be the old man, get off my lawn. But (laughs) that's that's been – I mean, that's just who I grew up idolizing. And and that's who I fell in love with watching football. And so, that yeah, kids want to have – I mean, players, kids, uh, speaking of just – sidetrack it made me feel really old that lebron is now the oldest player in the nba and he's younger than me so i've wow. reached that uh threshold in life but <laughs> but that's uh that, that's kind of just how i view things like act like you've been there before yeah um you know never be surprised at anything you know uh and part of that is you know i tell my clients when we're waiting for a jury verdict to come back you got to act like you expected exactly what happened. Like, don't be happy. We expect this. We work hard for this. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but like I said, I mean, yeah, I understand there's different perspectives. I'm not saying I'm right. He's wrong or vice versa. Um, but if you're asking me my personal preference, it's Barry Sanders hand the ball to the referee after you score. Yeah. I mean, growing up right down the road, watching him, it, it just, uh, and really, there hasn't been any other players outside of maybe uh, Nick Chubb of Cleveland that kind of emulate that, where mm-hmm. crosses the goal line and it's like, okay, I did my job. But, um, you know, you, these kids are having fun, and, and you know Dion is 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 pushing it. Yeah, uh, yeah, Dion was not that way. Dion Sanders was not Barry Sanders. Dion no, was no, high-stepping. He, uh, and uh, He would tell you what he's going to do. Uh, and he would do it. He would back yeah. it up. So definitely uh, parallels to those two, but not to be surprised. But I, I just think looking long term, uh, the kid's got talent abound, and, and I hate would hate to see him get kind of put in the umbrella of of the thug, as a lot of a lot of people like to run to and, and call. Which I don't think that is the case. He seems like a really good kid, but um, yeah. Um, but well, off the football field, I, I don't think they they handle themselves that way, and and Dion really emphasizes uh, them handling themselves like a man, J- just like what Travis Hunter did yeah. with the kid from Colorado yeah, yeah, State. Yeah. We, we talked about um, just I, what a classy move, and and orchestrated 100 percent by Dion Sanders, just just to show the class act that he really is, um, that people don't really get to see on an everyday basis, but. Um, yeah, we'll see. The kid's got yeah. a lot of talent. Yeah. Well, and I mean, just for, if I was advising the kid, I would just be like, look, you know, you're, you're talented. You're good. You you have a last name you have. All this. Uh, the last thing you want to do is people are crazy. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, like while yes, these death threats that that kid from Colorado state got, you know, it's just words on a keyboard. But people are crazy, 
And yeah, they are. You, you know, you're playing a game for a living and enjoy it, um, but you don't necessarily want to be hated. No, absolutely not. Red River River rivalry uh, definitely lived up to its name. Unlike last year, which was a Texas blowout, Oklahoma pulls off a stunner at the end. Uh, Texas takes the lead with about a minute 30, minute 40 to play. Uh, they're celebrating on the sidelines, but old Brett Vegetables, uh, as our good buddy Brandon Chain would call him, uh, pulled the ultimate Lee Corso, not so fast. Uh, Gabriel went down and orchestrated one hell of a drive that resulted in a game-winning touchdown. Um, what do you make of basically Texas's inability at that moment to make the key stops? Is that a discipline situation or is it a, a kind of a, a another coaching blunder since that seems to be the theme tonight this is where if Raj was here i would yield my time to Raj to talk about sark blowing a close game oh yeah he's, um, well he's a big fan from what we understand yeah uh but yeah i can't believe we don't we're having a, a whole discussion of oklahoma texas and we don't have brandon and raj on here um sucks. these are rivalry games and i think this is uh, you get tense in the moment and, uh, you know, emotions and, uh, you know, I think these kind of things are really what's made uh, Saban stand out and now Kirby Smart is they don't get – they don't let them, their teams get too up for things. Like it's just like we're not playing the opponent. We're playing ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're playing the scoreboard. We're playing the time. Um, when you get into these emotional games like this, and it is, oh, we're we're playing, you know, the other team. Uh, this is where mistakes happen, where people try too much to get out of position. And but yes, it was just a back and forth and a uh, great game. And man, Oklahoma is setting up nice now, and Texas Which, for that matter. Yeah, I, it, I I don't think Texas really fell too far. Because of this loss, rivalry game, you know, a lot like Michigan, Ohio State, they're 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 not going to fall. But Oklahoma really jumped because uh, of this win. Uh, there was a lot of question marks coming into this game, as far as Oklahoma was concerned. Not not a lot of people talking about them like they were talking about Texas. Where does this put them? Are they a legitimate top five team in 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 college football right now? Well, before I get to that. The intriguing thing for me and for my neck of the woods is where this puts Alabama. Can Alabama ever go back and jump Texas down? Because if Texas goes on and wins and let's say plays out to Oklahoma, Texas, they go both run it. Texas beats Oklahoma. Texas and Oklahoma are probably in. Even at SEC champion Alabama, depending on what happens to the rest of the, the 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 country, they lost at home by two touchdowns to Texas. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, Alabama's sitting at 11 in the AP with Texas at nine. And then the coaches have Alabama at 10. And 
uh, Texas at 11. So, which is just, but uh, Oklahoma, so they have UCF at Kansas, at Oklahoma State, Bedlam, last one maybe ever. Uh, West Virginia at BYU is going to be that could be a tough game. game. Yeah. It's 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 not easy to play in Provo, that's for sure. Uh, the elevation and it, it gets kind of cold up there, and and you know they're mm-hmm. going to be pushing for that thing to be a night game. Um, yeah, you so know I, what? Don't count out TCU. You know they're their TCU is not the TCU that we've seen this year, but um, what do they have to play for at that point? So yeah, their their schedule could be rocky at Kansas. You know, Kansas played Texas pretty tough uh, yeah. last yeah, no, week. So, um, it, if if I'm taking stock, and we're going to get to that, um, I'm buying Oklahoma stock right now. Okay, I think they're better than Florida State. I, I, the pundits love Florida State. I, I don't. I think they've got a really good offense. Their defense is trash. Um, we don't really know who Georgia is. Georgia finally showed uh, a pulse last week against Kentucky. Uh, boy, did they ever. That 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 was kind of a beatdown. And, um, you know, Washington has looked great. They they The last couple weeks, they've, they've slipped a little bit, but they're still undefeated. So, um, and and I don't believe in Penn State. So, you know, I, I think they're, they're in the conversation. Uh, if they play like they did last week, there's no question they deserve to be um, in the conversation for the college football playoff, no question about it. Um, so, Robbie, we're going to go to game balls and fumbles for this past week in the world of college football. So, who's got your game ball and who's got your fumble for the week? Um, mine is well. The fumble is just too cute to not play on Miami. But, no, I am going uh, the same game, really. Uh, My game ball goes to Georgia, who, as you said, was kind of starting to get doubted. Oh, this Kentucky team, they're ranked. Do they have a 14-and-a-half-point spread? They obliterated that spread. Um I thought they looked good. Honorable mention to Michigan, who rode the boat right over uh, Minnesota on the road. They looked really, really good. One, uh, one, I, one penalty in the last two weeks. Yeah, from I Michigan. Think, I think those are. I think those two teams are head and shoulders above everyone else right now. Georgia and Michigan, with Michigan probably being ahead of Georgia. Um, and my fumble uh, was Mark Stoops. I don't know if you heard what he said yesterday. No. Um, so Mark Stoops just essentially in his weekly show was saying, you know, that's what, you know, that's what it looks like when you can buy the best 85 players. Um, if you, if the people, the fans are complaining, we didn't show up. You know, get your donations ready. Get them more up. We need more money. Like, wow. Just, yeah. Wow. Um, it a was, very transparent coach. Yeah, it was very um, much the topic on Fine Bomb today. Um, <laughs> and I don't think he's walked it back yet, but just one of those, like. Is he you, lying, though? 
I mean, it, it, it is a fact Georgia spends the most money on their recruiting budget. But it's legal now. I mean, it's not for you know, now. For yeah. now. Um, yeah, I, I, but I, but but he made it sound like you know like it's the one year wonder. Excuses. Yeah, well, and it's like a excuses. one year wonder. Like oh, they just paid for this team. Like they're back to back champions. They hadn't right. lost in two and a half years. Like uh, come on now. That 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 deserves some sort of respect. Um, yeah, I can appreciate a coach being very transparent. I think we all get kind of sick of the same old coach speak, um, you know, one game at a time and, oh, you know, respect to the other team, blah, blah, blah. You know, when when you have a coach that kind of just speaks what's on their mind, it, it, it's something that, that we're not used to hearing. But um, my game ball, I said it earlier, I think that Louisville defense against Notre Dame forced five turnovers, uh, estimate – only 20 yards. This guy's the second coming of Jerome Bettis. He's an absolute tank. And if you can hold that guy with that offensive line to only 20 yards, man, you're, you're, you're playing at your best, yeah. best level. And um, the fumble is Mario Cristobal. I, I just, I, I don't think you give it to anybody else. We, yeah. We, mean. we, we, we talked about it earlier. It just, you, you gave the game away and, you know, they're lucky to still be a part of the uh, top 25, but, uh, man, it's just just a dumb, dumb decision. So he gets my fumble for the week. And we're going to move into our top five rankings this week. Uh, short-staffed, reckless speculation. So just Robbie and myself, as I mentioned earlier in the show. Um, so, Robbie, who's your top five in college football this week? Um, so – Georgia, not necessarily because I think they're playing the best, but you know, hey, they're two-time defending champs, and they've got the the second or first best coach in football, and they got the most talent. Uh, I'll put them as number one. I got Michigan at two. Um, I'm going to go Oklahoma at three, and. I'm going Texas at four. Mm. And then I guess, we're still, I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess we're doing five. <laughs> um, at this stage right now, I, I don't love them, but I'm going to go FSU. Um, I, I'm not sure. They're in the same category, though, but that's mine. So UGA, Michigan, Oklahoma, Texas, Florida State. Similar. I think Georgia Georgia did enough this week uh, and showed up. Like I said, they had a pulse. Um, uh, Carson Beck played a hell of a game. And anytime you have um, number 19 on the field, you're going to have success, or at least you should have success. Uh, yeah. Bauer's going to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft next year. Um, so they did enough to stay at number one. Now, Michigan, I, I, 1A, I, I think the, the question mark has always been, well, you really haven't played any anybody, and it's the same script as we, we talked about last year. They went into this game, and first play of the game, pick six, Will Johnson. Uh, they, yeah. they, they asserted themselves immediately. 
that quarterback for Minnesota, I felt so sorry for him. He he looked like a deer in headlights. That defense was all over him. Um, if not for the drubbing that Kentucky took from Kentucky, uh, from Georgia, I think Michigan's number one. But Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State did what Ohio State does: slow start, and then they end up uh, covering uh, by a half point. Unfortunately, I, I came out with the loss in that one. Um, but then. As I was talking, I kind of flipped my 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 switch here. I had Florida State at four. I'm going to flip. I'm going to go Oklahoma four because that 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 win was impressive. And you mentioned the fact that Texas went down to Tuscaloosa and wins by two touchdowns. I, I think that means something right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when you turn around and you you win, you beat that team on a neutral site. Uh, which I mean keeps it somewhat fair, but nonetheless, you you go and win that game. I, I think that means something. So Oklahoma at four, and then Florida State at five. Um, they're they're teetering as far as I'm concerned. Like I said, their offense is solid, but I don't trust that defense. And 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 if you are <laughs> giving up thirty to forty a game, it's it's you're expecting your offense to put yeah. up forty to forty five or more and. That's that's a tall task, so I I don't see them um, holding on much longer. But, yeah, uh, Flor- Florida State's big win was LSU, and that's that looks worse and worse as the season goes on. Yeah, and LSU just yeah. kind of shit the bed there. Pardon the pun, but um, moving on to our NFL segment here, uh, big problems in the Twin Cities. The Vikings announced today, Justin Jefferson, they didn't give a time. They just said significant time. Um, And there's rumors that the fact that he turned down what would have been the the largest contract in uh, NFL history for a receiver before the season started, um, I think this is going to affect that. So there's a good chance we won't see Justin Jefferson probably for the next four to six weeks, maybe if not longer. They're sitting at one in four in the NFC North. Uh, the talk on this show has always been, it's time to move on from Kirk Cousins. And there's there's one specific team that, that we mentioned, and that's the Jets. But I think as the season has progressed a little bit more, there's some more options that, that could possibly uh, happen with Kirk Cousins in a trade. Uh, is it time? for Minnesota to, to kind of throw throw in the towel and, and move on from Cousins, who this is the last year of his contract. And do you want to pay someone his age who's going to demand a lot of money? It, are they going to want to go down that route? Um, no, I don't think they are. The question is, though, all right, you have to have a trading partner that Cousins is going to sign a long-term deal with that wants to pay him a long-term deal. Cousins is like the, um, he's like the, the crazy girl that's kind of hot and it's just intriguing the, to be the, like. The risk is worth the reward. Yeah. Like, like, can I, can I tame this person? That's kind of what Cousins is. Uh, you know, I know you're a big fan. Uh, I'm not a big fan. He's on my, I mean, I don't dislike him. He's on my fantasy team because he, Cause this is how the Vikings do. Like they just they suck, but he throws a lot. Like they're just mm-hmm. 
they're just a weird team. Like they'll be in the playoffs and then, but yeah, you're zero and three at home. You're the Vikings. You're looking at a bad season. Uh, I know you start taking phone calls. Mm-hmm. You know now. Well, he's, he, he's he's having a good year. Yeah, they're not yeah. losing on his accord by no no stretch. No. They've lost a lot on defense. Their running game is depleted. They they let Delvin Cook walk. So I, I think the fact that they're one and four has nothing to do with his ability. Yeah. Well, like you look at, you know, the Giants, they just signed Daniel Jones. Like, so mm-hmm. then um, now if you're the Patriots, are you intrigued? Um, I mean, here's, season- here's, here's my take on the Patriots. Yes, they'd be interested, but Kirk Cousins looking at that roster. Who's he going to throw the ball to? Oh, you know, they're terrible. They're, they, they've got, they've got a, a B squad at best. Um, so I think if – I don't know if he has a no trade on his contract or yeah. not, but if he was to move, I, I don't think he would be willing to sign a long-term contract. Um, well, and, like, let's say we take a team like the Jets. Like, yeah, the Jets, they're two and three. Um, he, would make them, he would make them a playoff team. With but the weapons you, that they have, wait with with Buffalo and Miami in the same division. I think I think they would be a playoff contender. You can get three teams out of that East, but um, with with the the offense that they have and the defense that they have, uh, they're they're immediate. But, but but they're not. But so this would be my thing if I'm the Jets with Cousins, we're still not good enough to win this year. So are you going to trade? to get Cousins with Aaron Rodgers coming back, and then you're just in yeah. this quagmire situation. And, and, and that's that's one thing that I was watching the show earlier today, and, and the one thing that, that they highlighted that it wasn't going to be the Jets because Aaron Rodgers is coming back. And, and yeah. there's there's a lot of indications that Aaron Rodgers wants to come back this year, which I don't know if, if that A is possible yeah. or B, why he would want to risk it. But he's going to play next year nonetheless. So. Cousins is I don't think Cousins wants to go into a situation where he's just a rental player. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a team that you could plug in, you might even be able to get a contract made 2 to 3 years. And they have the pieces in place to compete in a division that's fairly weak, and it's your Tennessee Titans. How do you feel about that? Um, that's the most winnable division in sports right now. Yeah. Um, now, do you trade Cousins for Tannehill? I think you do, and I wonder what the asking price is. You have Derrick Henry, whose window is closing. Mm. Um. You the go Tannehill one, and maybe even Willis. I mean, the the thing about the Titans, if you upgrade at quarterback, um, the Titans play so counterintuitive to the rest of the league right now. You can keep the Dolphins off the field, the Bills off the field, the Chiefs off the field. They so grind you, the clock. Yeah, you can do that. Um, I wouldn't hate it. It would depend on what the asking price is. Um I also, at this point, don't care if the Titans lose the rest of the games and try to get the number one pick, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Um, I mean, 
<laughs> do they go quarterback three years in a row? I, that that is the 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 big pick. Here's a here's a and I texted this out earlier. The Cowboys. Dak's not going back to Dallas next year. So you you go Dak and Trey Lance for Kirk Cousins. Now, this gives Dak the rest of the season to kind of display uh, his talents, we'll say, and work on a contract elsewhere. But it also gives an opportunity to Trey Lance to compete for a starting job next year in a, in a market that isn't flashy like like San Francisco, like Dallas, where, where I just don't think he's set up to succeed in, in those bigger markets. But I think Minnesota and an NFC North, uh, with his ability, I, I think he would have a good opportunity to, to uh, compete for a starting job and maybe have a little bit of success. But uh, that might be the biggest stretch uh, option that that is on the table as far as Cousins is concerned. You know, and I don't necessarily hate that. If I'm Minnesota, though, I need draft picks. I need. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not gambling on Trey Lance, who wasn't good enough and. San Francisco not good enough in Dallas for Dak who probably won't resign. Right. I need I need both of them and a lot of draft picks and I don't know, but Kirk Cousins on Dallas. They're not they're not better, they're not better than the Eagles for the whole season, but they're good enough to beat them in one game. Dallas will make the playoffs and then it's just see how the ball bounces. I think Kirk Cousins on Dallas is like Kirk Cousins uh the two years previously. Uh a dynamic wide receiver. You've got a good running game. I think the biggest hole at with the Cowboys is concerned might be tight end, but they've got Luke Schoonmaker, the rookie, who's who's shown some flashes. But you put a nice offensive line in front of him. Um, I, I think he he could succeed there. That 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 would be that would be a good decision for for them. Um, and uh, just to back up two point, if I'm Justin Jefferson. I don't step foot back on a football field until no. that contract Mm-mm. is signed. Mm-mm. Well, he made a comment, which I don't know if this was true or not, as far as he's concerned, is he he said he didn't want to talk contract unless he knew Kirk Cousins was going to be his quarterback because he loved playing with Kirk Cousins. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure how much he loves playing with Kirk Cousins, but uh, we'll see. Uh, if they lose Justin Jefferson, you can, you can pretty much – throw in the towel for the next, you know, couple years with the, with the Vikings, they're going to go back to what the lions used to be like uh, <laughs> the previous uh, regime. Uh, talk about a team that is just absolutely in disarray and you hate to say it. Is it time to put to bed one of the greatest coaches to ever man the sideline in the NFL, Bill Belichick, loses 34 to nothing at home to the Saints. Just two weeks in a row, abysmal losses. Uh, Mac Jones gets benched again. And Bailey Zappi didn't do any better. Just, uh, I think he's lost control. Uh, and I, I think, sadly, this run might need to come to an end. Uh. Yeah, it's almost a tale as old as time, right? Uh, you saw it with Bobby Bowden at Florida State. You saw it with Joe Paterno at Penn State. Um, Steve and Belichick, I think his name's Steven. 
uh, being the defensive coordinator. He's got like Bill. once you start forcing the organization, the entity to hire family, you have now, and even if he is the best person for the job, he can get a job at a different NFL team. I think that was kind of the downfall of Belichick. Just his greatness demanded so much power, but with so much mm-hmm. power, eventually you start making bad decisions because right. there's no one to tell you no. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I do not think Bob Kraft will fire him. I think there is going to be a conversation after this season that for Locked both of them, both of them, like, hey, the talent the Patriots have, partly because of Belichick, isn't good enough. If Belichick wants to pass Shula on the career wins total, which it won't he happen. He does. And it, uh, but it won't happen. I mean, he's it, four to five years away. Well, and the question becomes uh, let's say they do part ways, and let's say there's six openings in the NFL. How many of those six teams? want a 72 year old bill belichick versus you're gonna hate this ben johnson <laughs> hey i'm already preparing myself my yeah. friend i'm already preparing myself no and in, in, in the state of the nfl you're seeing it mike yeah. mcdaniels this guy he is anti-coach uh from every sense of the imagination but he's a winner and he's he's a he's a football genius. Um, Kyle Shanahan, he's young, he's offensively just he's he's he look what he's doing with Brock Purdy, Tom Brady 2.0. That's kind of the 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 theme that the NFL is going. And Ben Johnson, for all intents and purposes, should be the coach of the Carolina Panthers. But he, I think he saw what they had compared to where he was at and. Yeah. And felt like his best option was here in Detroit, uh, but that's not going to stay much longer. But no, I mean, it, it, there's no other. I don't think there's no other franchise that he would even uh, think about going to coach. Um, I, I think Kraft offers him some sort of a make believe position with the front office, so that way he still has some sort of uh, connection. But he's old school. And in in the way the NFL is these days, you're, you you got to adapt. It's a lot like college. You, if you're not adapting yeah. to the NIL, you're not you're not going to win. And you're seeing the, the the schools that that make that effort and the ones that don't, and the results show. But as far as Belichick's concerned, you know it. it you you nailed it. When you have too much power, and it's your way or no way you lose a lot. And when you're unwilling to spend that extra dime on, on the right players, because you know, they might ask for a little bit too much, you're not going to win the NFL specifically in that, that division, which with Aaron Rodgers healthy uh, could have been the best division in football. But no, I, I, I think the conversation needs to be had uh, if it hasn't started already, because it's embarrassing and their draft picks the, the, the last, three or four years of, you know, they've, they've just haven't been smart and they have not had any talent. And, and it started with maybe Brady saw it, saw the writing on the wall. That's why he wanted out and, and good on him for doing so. But 
it, it, it's like the old superstar that played a little bit too long. So Miguel Cabrera, perfect example. Mm, One of the yeah. greatest hitters baseball has ever seen. The last three years of his career, he was a shell of himself. And unfortunately, there's a lot of young people that that's what they'll remember Miguel Cabrera as. They won't remember his battle he had in 2012 against Mario Rana, uh, Riviera, who he went home run dead center off him, which no one ever did. And But that was him. So you worry that he keeps going too long, his reputation gets Well, well I mean, this, this is his two worst losses back-to-back and against really two mediocre teams. Right, yeah, that had no business yeah. uh, going in there and running rough shots. So sad times in New England, that's for sure. Um, I've got a cousin who's a big uh, New England fan, and I'm sure he's up in arms over the situation. But uh, let's move on to the AFC North. You You can take your predictions. Rip them up and throw them in the air because who knows what's going on in this division? You thought Baltimore was the 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 pride of the of the division. They go to they go to Pittsburgh and lay an absolute egg against Kenny Pickens or Pickett's Steelers. Pickett gets a a nice play to Pickens at the end of the game to get the go ahead touchdown which ironically enough was not the play that Matt Canada called. Uh, he took it upon himself and, and designed uh, the play for Pickens to get uh, ultimately wins, but didn't see that happening. Uh, Pittsburgh's got a hell of a defense, and that's going to carry them only so far. But who who's the, who's the cream of the crop in this division? Cleveland one week looked great, and then Baltimore destroys them. Baltimore goes to Pittsburgh last week and loses. Pittsburgh looks absolutely horrendous the week before. Cincinnati has been a big question mark. They come out and put up numbers like they used to. So in your estimation, who who would be the, at this point, record aside, who's the best team in the FC North? That's like asking what's the best gas station sushi to get. What, what would oh, your role be? Um, I Sushi, think, no. Um, I think, um, you know, I think Cincinnati, um, I think Burrow and Chase kind of got it back on track. The Cardinals aren't very good, but you know, and we're going to get to this ranking the, uh, top five. NFL teams. Have you tried to rank the top 10 NFL teams? Mm. It drops pretty significantly yeah, after that top tier. It um, does. So uh, I'm going to take the best quarterback in this division, and I think it's Joe Burrow, even though I have called him a bum on many, many, <laughs> many occasions. Yes, you um, have. The Ravens just don't have that many. Their receivers aren't very good. Um, I think Tomlin's probably the best coach of the group, but shortly, just, I mean, narrowly Harbaugh is there. Um, I don't know what's going on with the Browns. Uh, they just probably yeah. only good against the Titans. There's, there's, there's issues with, uh, old rub and tug Deshaun Watson, who apparently spent the week in Houston, uh, -oh. uh, leading up to last week's game, uh, and all indications where he was supposed to play, but then decided against it 
didn't feel he was comfortable. So I think there's a lot more issues there in Cleveland. Uh, great well, defense. Luckily, uh, luckily the Has Haslam's guaranteed his contract, so he can sell yep, these lawsuits. Yep. So their defense is only going to take them so far. Their defense is, Who do you is like really good. I, I I agree with you. I, I like Cincinnati, and and if they show, yeah, they this happened against Arizona, but Jamar Chase put on a clinic, and yeah, and and Burrow looked healthy. He was a little bit more mobile too. He looked more comfortable in the pocket. Uh, they've got Seattle at home this week. Then they go to San Francisco. That's going to be a big test for them. So we'll see. And then they, they're back home uh, the following week, Sunday night against the Bills. That should be a hell of a game. But after that, the schedule is uh, at the Ravens, home against Pittsburgh, at Jacksonville, home against the Colts, home against Minnesota, at Pittsburgh, at Kansas City where we all know Burrow has a hell of a record and then uh, finish the season home against Cleveland. I think this, the schedule is set up for success for Cincinnati. And, and it, this is a team that typically starts a little bit slow. They kind of get their feet underneath them. They get their running game going. And um, as the season goes on, they get a little bit stronger. So well, I think that was a, a turning point for them last Sunday against Cardinals. Well, well, in the AFC, which we thought was going to be this juggernaut of a conference, I mean, you're only really confident about Miami, Buffalo, and Kansas City, right? I mean, and I don't. How comfortable are you with Kansas City? Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> they they got they they won because of I hate to say it, the refs blundered another call, uh, two calls at the end of that game that that helped them. So they've yeah. they have not looked. Like the Kansas City Chiefs of old. I mean, they're 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 they they look a lot like last year's Minnesota yeah. Vikings. Yeah, you know, winning by one score. And then, uh, yeah, I mean the, I mean the AFC North. Pittsburgh is leading it. They have a point differentiation of negative thirty-one, mm-hmm. and they're leading the division. Yeah, like that's it's, just it's ugly. It's ugly. Uh, if not for the NFC North, <laughs> ironically, both North divisions are pretty uh, subpar, uh, not named the Lions. But um, we'll go back to last night, Monday Night Football. Talk about an ugly game. Uh, NFC North representative, the Packers. Uh, Jordan Love, he's got some work to do. Through three picks. Well, the last one really wasn't his fault because Marcus Peters made a nice play, deflected the ball, got up. Uh and uh, Oakland, uh, or sorry, Las Vegas ended up taking the ball over with less than five to play. But Max Crosby was an absolute menace on the football field, as he is every week. Undoubtedly top five defensive player in the NFL. Unfortunately, he plays for the Las Vegas Raiders. A, how good do you think he is? And B, would he get more notoriety, say he played on the, the, the 49ers or Buffalo or Kansas City? Um, yeah, absolutely. One, yeah, he's, he's a phenomenal player. Um, hell of a game, hell of a player. Uh, this game, I mean, this was just a blah game, you know. And so many of these uh, primetime games have been thus far. I mean, even the Sunday night game, while it was, you know, 
two brand names. I mean, the Raiders and Packers are brand names, mm-hmm. too. It just wasn't very good. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a bigger problem in the NFL is I think that the NFL is giving the quarterback position so much leverage and so much power and so much freedom. And it's all about the quarterback position without realizing there's not 32 people in the world that can do this job really well. No. And I feel like that, like the running back position is being cut out and it's all this passing stuff. There, there's not 32 people that can do the job. There's not. And so that's no. why, and, and when we get to there, I'll say, like, seriously, try to rank 10 to 20 NFL teams. It's, I mean, it's just like, uh, whatever. And what's, what's the difference between those teams at the top of the uh, rankings and, and toward the middle and beyond it, they have a quarterback. Yeah. And yeah. that, that's, that's the one constant in the NFL. I, I, I think you're right. And, and Jordan Love, it doesn't seem to be following that that Green Bay suit of Favre to Aaron Rodgers, now to Love. Um, and, and you really can't say that he doesn't have weapons because they've, they've got a really nice young uh, receiving core. Their running game has been suspect. Aaron Jones has been hurt. He, he was a holdout last minute uh, last night, so he didn't play. But I... It's going to be tough. I mean, granted, Favre and Rodgers had, you know, pro bowlers to throw the ball to. But, um, yeah, it's it's going to be uh, tough times moving on with Green Bay. But with Max Crosby, I, I think you might see him really push. And he's already started, you know, chirping him and Devontae Adams that they're not happy. And, uh Max Crosby went to went to college right down the road to Ypsilanti at Eastern Michigan. He grew up loving the Lions, and can you imagine what he would look like on the other end of <laughs> of Aiden Hutchinson? Oh man, uh, Lion Twitter has already speculated that, um, that let, the Lions let, need to make a push. Let's talk about your Lions. Paint the picture of Ford Field and. Um... You know what what it's like right now to be a Lions fan because I know you guys have had a long, long, long time of despair and failures and disappointments, and we've seen the bags over the heads. Um, but now, look, I was I was looking through the standings today, and the Lions are one of three teams in the NFC that uh, have a chance to win this thing. Uh, great segue. <laughs> uh, I'll just say Ford Field has been so electric. Uh, words really can't describe uh, the first possession for Carolina. It's third and long. Everyone's on their feet. I'm four rows from the top. Everyone's on their feet. The noise. The, I could. I could barely hear Christina next to me and she I when she's talking to me I, I could barely hear her it was just so cool to experience that um there's been a lot of hype and it started last year finishing the season eight and two and I think a lot of the offseason was 
Lions talk. Uh, they're going to compete. They should win the North. They they might have a shot at, 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 at an NFC championship game. And my biggest fear was they weren't ready to live up to that hype. And uh, they have. Injuries aside, they've been decimated with injuries. But they have guys two, three deep that, that have believed in, in what Dan Campbell's doing. And they're buying in. So, and it really starts with the top. The Fords did not sell this team. Uh, Sheila, the daughter, has taken over this team. And she paid attention to what the fans really wanted. And she did definitely went in a different path that her father and grandfather went as far as the team went uh, was concerned and, and, and did what she felt was necessary. And she hired Rod Wood, who was really questionable because he's not a football guy. He's not a sports guy. He was the president of operations at Henry Ford Museum. And he's the president of the Lions. And all he's done is an unbelievable job. Um, so they've rebuilt that front front office. They, they've changed the culture with Dan Campbell and the coaching staff and Brad Holmes as the GM. But the fans, the fans have 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 been so excited. And and you said it. That this is a this is probably outside of Cleveland the most starved fan base when it comes to the desire for winning. Um, we've endured an 0 16 season, and uh, countless three and 13 years. And you last year was nine and eight, and you thought we won the Super Bowl, but. Um, it's uh, there's a lot of memes out there. Like, is this real? Like, this is fun. Mm-hmm. Like, like we're having so much fun just going in week in and week out. And really, like, you're you're favored in these games where it never was the case. Remind me, where did Campbell come from? Where, where, where was his coaching tree? Campbell uh, was with Sean Payton in New Orleans. New Orleans, okay. And he actually went on and was the tight ends coach in Miami. That's where he got his start, uh, was with uh, Miami. He, he, he took over that year. Like, was he the interim and coach? And he was the interim coach, and yeah. he was really good. I think it was like four yeah. and two to finish the season. Um, and then he he latched on with Sean Payton as the tight ends coach there. Um, so, you know, it, this is his third year. And the first year and a half, there was – there was a lot of questions as far as like, is this guy who we're entrusting? Like, here we go again. But once they got rid of Anthony Lynn as the offensive play caller, that's when Ben Johnson started to make his his way in, and the tide turned. Uh, and the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, looking at the, the division, there there there's a you know a a two game lead in going into week six. It's just it, it, it's surreal as a as a lifelong Lions fan dealing with the agony that we have for so long. But uh, hearing these, you know, the, even you guys and and everybody on the outside of Detroit speak so highly of them, it's just it it's really surreal. And I I'm, I'm all for it. But uh, we'll move on to your team, Tennessee. Uh, the roller coaster titans, we'll call them, going to going to Indy and and they knock out Anthony Richardson, so it's Gardner Minshew mania, and they just 
they don't get it done. Uh, put on the GM hat for one minute and tell me what you would do if you had the ability and, and what would you would do to make this team better? Uh, fire myself. Uh, no, uh, man, I don't know what they're doing. They, you know, I'm not sure what the identity is. They trade away AJ Brown, you know, last year, obviously. Um, and now we draft, uh, Will Levis. We have Malik Willis, Will Levis, Tannehill. Um, I don't understand if they're trying to win now or trying to win in the future. Uh, obviously, there's this new stadium that's going to be built, but we have no hype. We have uh, – I can't give away our Titans tickets. Um, it's – That's how it was just, here. Yeah, it's just like what we're in the, we're in the least – attractive division as far as name brands we have houston indy jacksonville tennessee um we can't win it we knock out anthony richardson we lose to a backup quarterback to the effing colts who are terrible and uh we're going to to london we're we're relegated to london next week um to play the a winnable game a winnable yeah. game <laughs> um they're they're like you know like uh and i'm not sure the dynamics of uh michigan uh in t- tennessee is is always going to be a volunteer state first yeah so the balls are good and so the titans are kind of getting a pass away a pass from this just dysfunction that they're in um I think Vrabel's a good coach, um, but kind of like Belichick, and I'm not comparing Vrabel to Belichick because that's that's just apples and oranges as far as career achievement. But they are Vrabel's from the Belichick tree, and our offense is stale. And uh, I can't wait to welcome Ben Johnson as our next head coach. <laughs> uh, and, and I say that kind of jokingly. Uh, I do think Amy uh, Adams uh, Schrock will give uh, Will Levis or Malik Willis a year, but there's no way you run this back with Tannehill and Henry when you can't win. If you can't win this division, then just stop trying. Blow it all up. Just blow yeah. it all up. And, and and I think like just like Belichick. Frable's a hell of a coach, and and what he's been able to do down there is 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 great. He's done a lot of good things in 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 Tennessee, and and it would be strange to look on the sidelines of a Titans game and not see him there. So yeah, I mean, um, he got to an AFC Championship game. If it wasn't for Mahomes playing out of his mind, yeah. they're in a Super Bowl. Sure, but, sure. But you know, the league has changed mm-hmm. a lot in three years. Well, in that that tough guy mentality, um, I don't think it works. Uh, it works in college, but I don't think it works in 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 the NFL. Uh, Dan Campbell has kind of that tough man mentality, but he does it in a different way, where he respects the players a little bit and um, he comes at it a little bit differently. So I think his message 
is a little bit more clear when it comes to that. But, you know, Vrabel's a hell of a guy. He's a hell of a coach. And and it would be something else to see uh, them move on from him. But unfortunately, in the business of NFL, if you're not, you know, if you're not winning now, what have you done for me late, late, uh, lately? Not for long. And that's that's kind of the moniker when it comes to coaching, you know, some of the best, they come and they go and, and it might be a time for two of what might be considered some of the best coaches in, in the game, uh, time for them to move on. Um, not really sure where Robbie disappeared to, but uh, we're going to move on to game balls and fumbles. Uh, I'll take the lead until Robbie gets back. Um, my guess is his, his Jack Daniels barrel aged uh, was dry and he needed to recoup it. Uh, so for me this week, the NFL game ball is going to my fantasy wide receiver one, Jamar Chase. I've been waiting for him to wake up. He had a nice game a couple weeks ago. But this week he took off like gangbusters. Team record, 15 receptions for 192 yards and three touchdowns. Set a Bengals record, like I say. Just incredible. Uh, he makes the comment last week. Uh, a reporter asked him, is you know, is it a situation where you're not getting open? And he was, he was very uh, matter-of-fact by saying, I'm always open. And that was definitely the case last week uh, uh, where Robbie and I agree the Bengals uh, uh, might have been the turning point in their season. And the fumble, it's it goes to New England. Being shut out at home, worst worst defeat in Belichick's career, losing 30, 34 to nothing, only 156 yards of offense, eight touchdowns. Mac Jones benched again. It just a lot like Tennessee, like we spoke earlier. This needs to be blown up uh, from the top and uh, start over. But uh, welcome back, Robbie. I thought maybe your uh, your internet connection. Uh, petered out but uh glad to have you back no it was just my drink uh collection petered out i knew so it to go i knew it that, that was my guess that was my guess uh who's your game ball in the nfl and your fumble uh much like you for selfish reasons uh dj moore is my game ball uh mm. wow, what a game 52 fantasy points uh on thursday night to put me at ease for the weekend uh and then Travis Etienne, uh, I think he had 37. So I was at about 89 points before the 1 p.m. kickoffs on Sunday. So I was sitting pretty, dismantled my opponent, and so I was happy about that. Uh, (laughs) Quite a word. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And then my fumble is uh, Sean Payton. If you're going to talk that smack uh, and you get beat by Aaron Rodgers Jets at home to Mm -hmm. go to 1-4, and and 0-3 at home, uh, yeah, that $100 million, yeah, those checks are cashing. Uh, uh, I I bet the people uh, from East Lansing are flying down to Denver and be like, hey, how does this four calls thing work? Uh, cause, uh, yeah. Denver talk about a front office, what they gave for Russell Wilson 
and then they paid Sean Payton mm-hmm. to be one and four, zero and three at home. Yikes. And and the comments that he made about Nathaniel Hackett, yeah, yeah, um, say that's the worst. Kind of came back off. to haunt him. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. So that was that's my fumble of the week. Like, yeah, you, you got to have your team ready to play. And and I thought. I thought Russell was going to be a little bit better this year. And, and he just, he hasn't looked good. They're, they're, they have no running game. They've got good receivers, but I, I think Russell Wilson is about two years past his prime. And, um, but they're in, they're in it way too deep. They're pot committed and they don't have draft picks for another couple of years because of what they gave up. So yeah, that Sean Payton is, is, is eating crow as we speak. And uh, Thursday night, at Kansas City, mm, you're you're staring down one in five. Another embarrassment on prime time. Yeah, um, yeah, not looking good. Uh, so let's go ahead and give me your power rankings this week in the NFL. So this was tough for me. Um, I'm going. Uh, Miami. Ooh, wow. Yeah, I I think their best is the best. I think if they're hitting uh as it stands today, as it stands today. Wow. Um, I am Th- going that is the, that is a true definition of the title of this program. Yeah, I'm going that Philly. Philly number 2. Oh, wow. Stand- Folks San Fran third, uh, Casey fourth, even though they lost to my fifth ranked team, um, I'm going Detroit number five. Wow. That's a, that's a bold statement. That's, that's risky. That's risky. So I'm, I'm interested to see how far off we are then. If you think that's crazy. I think, I think the 49ers put on an absolute clinic against Dallas. What Shanahan has been able to do with Brock Purdy is is nothing short of amazing. You have the best allotment of of weapons, I think, in the NFL with Kittle, Debo, CMC, Brendan Ayuk. Um, It's just, it's who, pick your poison at that point. Uh, and their defense is just absurd. Their 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 defense looks a lot like the Tampa Bay defense from three seasons ago. Their linebackers are the best in the business. You've got Bosa on one end. Uh, you got Greenlaw uh, in the middle. It's just it. And their secondary is strong. Uh, top to bottom, I think San Francisco is the most complete team. Uh, I'll go Miami number two. Miami's okay. question mark is their defense uh, outside of their front four. I think Phillips is a hell of a player, developing player. I think uh, he's really well. And and you get to his protection and you get uh, Tyreek Hill open in space, it's dangerous. Uh, they lost a chain for four to six weeks with a knee injury. So flash in the pan running back. Uh, unfortunately, it's, it's going to fall on Mostert, who's looked pretty good this year. Uh, he's on my fantasy team, so I hope so. So he'll get more of the carries. But um, – Number three, I'm going right down the street. I'm I'm going to the Detroit Lions. I think each week they've gotten better and better. 
This is a team who, in my estimation, plays better on the road, uh, which says a lot about who they are. Um, they they just absolutely annihilated Carolina. Uh, Bryce Young didn't have a prayer. They had a couple nice drives, um, but ultimately that line defense was all over them. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson with an absurd interception with his offhand uh, from about five feet away, just picks it out of the air. Just amazing. So give me, give me the lions at three. The Eagles have been playing with fire. I think the Eagles remind me a lot of Ohio state. They, they do just enough to stay in the top, top five. Um, they've lost a lot on defense. They've lost Epps, uh, CJ Garner, Johnson, the, the heart and soul of that secondary is gone and they're kind of showing it right now, but, uh, you've got AJ Brown. And you've got DeAndre Swift, who's a, who's a hell of a weapon. And Dallas Goddard's have been playing some good football the last two weeks. So they stay at four. And, and Kansas City, by a thread, stays at number five. Uh, they do just enough. Um, I, I, they're going to the, – the, the bubble's going to burst on them at some point. Uh, they can't keep winning the games this way. I, I just don't see it. Uh, and Kel, Kelsey says he's healthy. But that's a lower ankle, maybe a foot sprain. Uh, it looked it looked pretty bad. He he kind of dropped. There were a lot of people thinking that it was a Liz Frank injury, uh, but he did come back and uh, for a touchdown. Don't but will he play? That. What's that? Don't you say that? Well, Liz Frank. I mean, will he come back? Uh, short week this week. Uh, you might not need him, or they might not need him this week. So. Um, but they've done just enough to stay at five. So, All right. so it, it, it's very fluid. Two, two quick questions. Three quick questions. Who's number six? Buffalo. Uh, I agree with you. I agree with Buffalo. Second quick rapid fire question. Is anyone in the NFC South any good? Uh I think Tampa's probably at the top of the top of the that chart, but beyond that division, no, no, I, 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 I don't, I don't think Baker Mayfield can can withstand an entire season. Um, but and they've got a they've got an okay defense, so that might carry them. But beyond that division, no. And three, who's the worst team in the NFL? Uh, New England. I agree. New England. And in it's a, crazy to say. In a, in, a, in a game where the um, objective is to score points, they've only scored 55 points mm-hmm. in five games. Yeah, and they've given up uh, 131. So it's a 76-point it's a differential. Compared to the Lions, we'll use a, as a reference – uh, 148 points for 107 against. They're they're a net 41. So. Yeah, the second the second worst. The Giants are 62 points for and 153 against for negative 91. I think the Giants would take the Patriots to the woodshed. I do too because when Kayvon Thibodeau wants to play football, he he's yeah. he's good at it. It's just you don't know what where his headspace is prior to last Thursday, I would have said the bears were in that mix, but uh, they, uh, they decided to play NFL football and it showed uh, 
will that continue with the Bears? I, I don't, I don't see that happening. But uh, which, ironically, they played a hell of a defense with in the Commanders, and yeah, and they they hadn't really given up many points, but uh, they sure did. To, some, some, sometimes games just get away from you. Yeah, they do. Talk about games getting away from people. The postseason has started, and um, man, Houston took it to Minnesota today to take a 2-1 commanding lead, and as we speak, the Texas Rangers are up on the Orioles. The feel-good story of the MLB season, uh, they're up 6 nothing in game three, uh, 6-1, uh, middle of five, uh, elimination game for the Orioles. Uh, in the National League, you have the Dodgers absolutely tanking the first two games at home against the young and just energetic Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, that's a fun team. They've got good pitching. <clears throat> they steal bases. They play good, fundamentally sound baseball. And the the, the series I want to focus on tonight, Atlanta. And coming into yesterday's game, the top – Four teams in in baseball, two of which eliminated were already eliminated, and the other two, Atlanta and the Dodgers, <clears throat> were at risk for uh, elimination. The Dodgers saved the series um, with a big two run home run late in the game, and in the ninth, huge double play from Harris Jr goes up, jumps off the wall, and is a relay to get Bryce Harper to double him up to end the game. Saves their series. Now this this flips over now, goes to Philadelphia for games three and four starting tomorrow. Man, uh, it was scary up until probably that sixth inning down there in Atlanta. Those fans were were pretty nervous. Uh, what's your take on, on Atlanta? It, it, it's... it's is it an overhyped team or is this a team that just didn't feel a whole lot of pressure late in the season? Um, as, as people are listening, uh, yeah, I live in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So just, uh, a cool one hour and 40 minutes North of Atlanta stadium. Uh, so we are heart deep in the heart of Braves country. Um, this was a, Oh my gosh, game. And, the Braves have been the best team all year long. They weren't hitting in this series. They just couldn't break through. Uh, if this team goes on to do what they should do, this is going to be the moment almost like uh, the tuck rule or just this, this, this event that changed the trajectory of this, t- this team. With that being said, um, Anyone who is a child of the 90s remembers the Braves' pseudo-dynasty where they were always mm-hmm. the best team and never one, won. One World Series. And uh, they – so, yeah, the Braves have been uh, – they have more playoff – their vision wins of anyone in history. And, yeah, two World Series. And uh, so, yeah, so this is a, a, a – city a region a fan base that has been heartbroken many of times and it was looking like it was going to happen again um down 4-0 i'm switching back and forth between the braves game monday night football 
And then I find myself locked in on the Braves. I'm like, oh, they could do it. They could do it. And then Darno uh, homers in the seventh, two run yeah. bomb. And then that that ball gets hit. Harris get, cat, catches it mirac- miraculously, and then throws it back. And like the like you could the announcers seeing what we can't see from the camera angles. As soon as he throws, he's like, it's over. Uh, just a great call by the announcer. And, yeah, I mean, uh, what excitement. And, yeah, these uh, – the Orioles may be getting bounced. The Dodgers on the ropes. Um, looks like the Astros have taken command now. Uh, yeah, I can't wait for the game tomorrow at 5.07 on TBS. Uh, Braves, Phillies, uh, I am invested. And I'm not the biggest baseball fan as, as mm-hmm. uh, we've known. And I'm not even a huge playoff baseball fan, but uh, – that was one of those moments where I couldn't put the put the remote down and I was screaming at the TV. It was just an awesome game and a double play from center field to shortstop to, to first base. Like what what a what a random way to end the game. Yeah, I mean it it was uh it was incredible. And I'll I'll put it up here. But uh here's the play. I mean, we're talking ninth inning, runner on first, Bryce Harper. And and Harris Jr. in his second year, just just an incredible play uh, to make the catch and the relay, the relay, the throw right here, absolute yeah. laser, absolute laser uh, to seal the win, and and that is the type of play following uh, what was a go ahead home run by. Austin Riley yeah, there. Look at that the, winning um, look at that winning percentage. I mean, yeah, right there. They yeah, were the win probability. In the sixth inning, I mean it was they had a 50% and it got up the, the Phillies up to a 90%. And then it I mean it it's just incredible turn of events yeah. in Atlanta. And and that is um where's my cursor doesn't want to well, work uh, it, but it, it, and I'll say this, uh, the only time in my entire, well, that I can remember my entire sporting life is the only other time I've had something similar to that from the team I was rooting for to be on the brink of badness and to win was the back-to-back Hail Marys in, I think, 2016 of Georgia and Tennessee where Josh Dobbs threw a Hail Mary at the end to win it. Usually, I'm always on the losing side of these these <laughs> these big big uh, dramatic events. Yeah, I, it, but you know, like I said, that's the type of play that can kind of spark a run. But they're going back to Philly, and and Philly has probably played the best baseball the last month. Yeah, and they're going to Philly. It's and, and those fans are crazy. Uh, they got to face Aaron Nola. They haven't they haven't announced a starter for Atlanta. But this doesn't get any easier for for Atlanta. If there's a team that's built to win, it's it's definitely the Braves. Um, so I I think they can do it. Just they just need one, and this this series goes back to Atlanta for Game Five, and that would be a tall task. So I I think this thing goes five, and I really think that Atlanta can get it done. But man, this is going to be a tall task, and if they get uh. through this round, then. 
Tom, so you're you're more of a baseball fan than me. Uh, does baseball need to look at the playoffs and reseed like almost every other sport does? As far as what goes, like as far as so if there's an upset in in the wild card. So like in football, oh, the lower, they the they reseed. Yeah, so so baseball mm. brackets more like March Madness does. Well, I mean, I think it's I think it's right. I think it's set up right um, because you want. I mean, given the <laughs> option to, to watch the Braves and Phillies over, you know, Texas and Baltimore. I mean, I'm gonna you, watch Braves. You, Phillies. You, have, you have you have Braves Phillies divisional rivals. Dodgers, Diamondbacks, divisional rivals. Yeah. Uh, would it be better if, you know, you switched up a little bit? So Diamondbacks, Braves, Phillies, Dodgers. Maybe. Maybe. But, I mean, I love the the, the wild card aspect of it, the best of three. Um, you, you, in baseball is the ultimate. Uh, where? How are you playing at the right time? And yeah. I think when you go in hot, like Arizona, Started hot, fizzled out, ended hot. They're up to nothing. Um, Texas um, started hot, fizzled out, finished on a run. They were playing base uh, uh, playoff baseball probably the last month of the season between them and Houston, which they got a little greedy and lost the division at the last uh, second from last game of the season to Houston, but. They finished the season hot. They're going to eliminate Baltimore this uh, uh, tonight. So I, I, I will say, so I, I've been into this postseason more than I have recently uh, in the last okay. decade or so, and I have been persuaded. Now I haven't been convinced, but I have at least been open uh, to the argument because. What baseball's doing this year is what I've always said, like try to take breaks and don't play, try to avoid football. Uh, for, mm-hmm. like, so they've taken a break and letting teams, they got reset their lineups and reset their pitching rotations. And I do get it. I do get the point where, hey, this is an everyday sport. It needs to be played every day. So sure. you, you can't reset and get an advantage. Mm-hmm. So persuaded, yes. Still not. Still, they should avoid football for TV, but I, I, I'm starting to get it. It's it's never going to be Eclipse football. But one thing about the playoffs in baseball, they're fast. You don't yeah. have game days off in between. Although the Diamondbacks and Dodgers had a game off between game one and two, which is very unusual. Normally, those series are bang bang day off, travel, bang bang travel uh and they go the 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 all whole playoff is is a month uh basically a month in like a weekend so it's fast and it's furious and it's 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 hard to predict and and this this playoff run is is no different it's it's been exciting um if you're a baseball fan and don't forget the the rules changes are, are in effect with the pitch clock and whatnot which make the game faster and the the avid fan uh, 
or the fans that wouldn't nor- normally sit down to watch a game because it's time consuming. As they're already in the sixth inning, this is exciting. Oh, the so. pit, the pitch clock is the best thing because I, mean, I go I go I go to minor league baseball all the time. Mm-hmm. It's been in the minor leagues for five years or so now. Right. It's a, it's right. a game change. I mean, it just makes all the difference in the world. Yep, yep, and it's uh, attendance is up. TV viewing is up. Um, it, it's worked. It's been a huge success. So uh, Manfred's done a really good job implementing that. So all, all they all they need now is a is Taylor Swift to start dating a brave, and then <laughs> I th- I was waiting for you to say a, a shortened season. I uh, which I think 150 uh, is is a yes. good number. Uh, 12 less than where they're at now. If they could get a jump start on the playoffs, uh, maybe two weeks ahead of time, I think that would be really good. Not to mention. Uh, for some of the cold weather cities playing in in mid October, um, or in in 20, 2006 when the Tigers made their run, um, it was like forty upper high thirties, low forties, and uh, as a fan, that that is not that is not fun to watch. But uh, moving on to another sport here that dropped the puck tonight, the NHL baby, it's back. Now, we don't talk hockey a whole lot around here, but um, we will tonight. And uh, I think we will as far as the uh, the season goes. So the puck dropped tonight with the Predators losing to Tampa Bay 5-3. to three, And the Blackhawks are currently down to the Penguins 2-1. to one. The debut of Connor Bedard, the 18-year-old phenom, unbelievable uh, player, they're calling him the next greatest thing, which uh, so far in the preseason, he's kind of shown that might be the case. But um, you're a you're a Predator fan. You you uh, you go to a lot of games. We went to a game at the end of the last season, which was so much fun. I I, I hope we can do that again. Uh, and as everyone knows, Detroit is hockey town, although they have not portrayed that in the last four years, missing the playoffs. So. Actually, I think it's longer than that. I think it's uh, I think it's five years now. But um, um, what is your take on the Predators? What is your expectations? They made they made some good pickups this year. It's Barry Trotz is the GM, the the first coach of the of the franchise is now the GM, and the player that got the first goal in franchise history is now the head coach. So. What are your expectations? Obviously, slow start to the season, but it's a long season. Uh, yeah, and you know, I mean, the so the Predators, you know, since they've been in Nashville, they have been a huge success. Um, they have made the playoffs much more than they have missed the playoffs. Uh, we play in the Western Conference, which is a little odd to be in Nashville, but um such tell me life. about it we were in the yeah. western for years with the red wings yeah and so uh but you know this is you know the post pekka rene uh version of the predators who you know was the only goalie we had or maybe we had one more but it was just it was his team and uh so little change yeah uh trots coming back who had a successful run in nashville uh, never got over the top. Finally did in Washington. Uh, we were all happy to see him get the trophy, but uh, the cup, I should say. Um, but you know, it's it is as far as expectations go for Nashville teams. Uh, 
the Predators have always been up there. We, you know, we made the Stanley Cup and the final in 2017, uh, which it's, uh, Tom, you were there on a random night. Mm -hmm. uh, Bridgestone is electric. It's packed. The second from last game of the season. Yeah, it, it, we're out of the playoffs. It was it's it's electric. It's packed. Mm -hmm. Everyone. It's an event in Nashville. Mm -hmm. um, so you know. So the, the hockey's never been a second place to the event though, and so the fans are great. And so um, yeah, I mean we expect a competitor. Uh, I know we're in a little bit of rebuild mode, but uh, yeah, I mean I would think probably that six to eight seed range um this year and then work back to rebuild but um yeah ho hoping to see uh, a playoff team they just missed the playoffs last year i think they missed by by a game or two a couple yeah. of points it was, but they, I like, they were they got eliminated right before we went to the game right yeah it was i think yeah. it was the, the game prior to um that they 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 got eliminated but i like what trots has done they went up to toronto and got luke shen and Ryan O'Reilly, they bring in a veteran in Tyson Berry on a one-year contract. So they've got a lot of young guys too. So you're 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 mixing in a lot of young talent with a lot of veteran leadership. Obviously, they got Roman Yossi and UC Soros, their uh, uh, netminders. So I think there's possibilities. Um, the West is is a tough division. The Knights yeah. uh, in Tampa, so it, it, they're going to have a hill to climb. But they're they're aggressive. They're 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 fast, and and I like Ryan McDonough, who's come he's come over from Tampa Bay last year. He's a winner, and and that's the thing. You, Ryan O'Reilly won a cup with the Blues, so you have guys in that locker room that have won cups, uh, which will work wonders with some of these young guys. And um, uh, I, I see good things uh, on the horizon for Nashville. I. I rep Nashville in the speakeasy. I love them. They, they, uh, they were my team of choice when the Wings decided to uh, stop making playoff runs. <laughs> uh, so I got behind them in 2017. I was at a playoff game in 2018, and I don't think there's a better atmosphere in all of sports, in my opinion. Anything I've been to. So, uh, Predator hockey is 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 awesome. I love it. Um, but then my Red Wings. Steve Eiserman's going in on his, I believe it's his fourth year as the general manager with the team. Uh, they showed signs of life last year. They made it made a nice improvement. Fell two two uh, games under the 500 mark, but um, they they made drastic improvements from the year before. Um, they bring in Andrew Cop. They bring in a local kid, Alex DeBrinket, who uh, made his name with. Chicago and then was it up there in uh, Ottawa. So they bring him back home uh, and they got a good mix. They're, they're not there yet, but I think they're good enough right now. I, I do see them squeaking into a wild card run. Uh, this team is, is hungry for some Red Wings hockey. And with the way the Lions have played, uh, it would be nothing better to, to, to see the pizza palace that down there in Detroit uh, filled like it used to be all the time at Joe Lewis, but um, they got the right coach. I, I, I think they're headed in the right direction. 
Um, so we'll see. I They call it the Iser plan around here. Uh, there's some some fans that aren't believing it, but uh, I think he's he was kind of dealt with a lot of bad contracts, and now he's he's weeding that out, and and he's bringing in the pieces to work for now. But um, time will tell. Looks like Red Wings and Predators are both uh, same odds to win the cup. Is what I'm looking on Vegas Insider. Well, I mean. That, that that's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> yes, I just yes. I would love to sniff the playoffs at this point. Uh, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, what we want is what we what we're expecting. Right, uh, they they play in a tough division. They play in the Atlantic uh, division with uh, Tampa, Toronto, and Florida, which they had a nice run last year. The East is is pretty stacked. You got Boston, who broke the record last year, wins, yeah. uh, got well, eliminated the, in the, the first the, round. The question is, what are these warm weather teams doing, winning all, winning all these cups? Well, you get you get a lot of um, experienced general managers that go down there and they know how to build teams yeah, and retire, go to semi-retire. Exactly, and you 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 get a fan base. You get a fan base excited. Look at Vegas. I mean, oh, Vegas, yeah. uh, from the jump, they win a cup in their third year of existence. I mean, it was a sellout day one, and it has been ever since. Uh, oh, as, as someone who frequents Vegas, uh, yeah, the, the Gold Knights, they're, they're bigger than the Raiders there. Like, they yeah, love them. It's the real deal there. And, and obviously, they win the cup last year, a dominating fashion, so – uh, and they'll be favored pretty much to do it again this year because I don't think they lost a whole lot. But um, hockey's back. It's a long season. Um, clearly, football is king, and we will focus our attention on that. But uh, we will sprinkle in some hockey every now and again, especially as the uh, the playoffs near come next next yeah. springs. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the playoff, to me personally, that the, there's nothing better than playoff hockey. That in in all of the sports, playoff hockey is the most ex- it, uh, exciting, in my opinion. Uh, hardest trophy to win, I think the Stanley Cup is the hardest trophy to win because it's it's a two month grind from start of the playoffs to the to the end of the cup. It's two months, and uh, you get past that, you're uh, you you're proven to be the winner. So, all right, buddy, you know what time it is. It's time for Bet Your Nuts. That's right. It is Bet Your Nuts time. And we're going to do a, a, a mixed nuts tonight. We're going to mix in college and pro. So get your betting slips ready, folks. But as a reminder, last week, mm, I didn't do too good. Oh, <laughs> I didn't do too good, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, five and one in the NFL, one and five in college. Um, Brandon was uh, the leader of the pack, very consistent. Four and two. Apparently, both you can't do math. Brandon and I tied. Uh, well, I mean. He's consistent four and two both ways. Uh, okay. Yes, you did great in the NFL and uh, 500 the NCAA, and uh, Raj was two and four and three and three. So 
subpar performance in the in college from uh, yours truly, but let's hope to improve on that this week. Uh, and we're going to start down in Columbia, South Carolina, which I don't know why it won't pop on the screen. There we go. The Gators talk about a roller coaster team heading in to play the the Gamecocks of South Carolina. Carolina's given two in this game. Who do you like, Robbie? Oh man. Uh oh. Give me Carolina minus two. I don't like it though. Don't like it. Yeah, I, I like Carolina here. Uh Florida just they 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 win big against Tennessee and then then kind of shoot themselves against Kentucky. So um I like the Gamecocks in that one. Uh maybe the boring Boring uh, bowl of the Big Ten. We got the Hawkeyes going into Camp Randall to face Wisconsin. This is a big number at the moment. They're given 10. Iowa plays a stingy defense. I don't know if Wisconsin has enough offensively to cover that spread. Uh, so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Iowa to cover in this game. Who do you got? Oh, this is scary. I like the same thing. I, I just uh Kurt Ferentz, is just, he just has these games where he keeps them close. It's going to be an ugly, low-scoring game. Give me the points in this one. Okay. Heading down to the bayou where Coach Kelly's going to be hosting this family. Giving up 11 to the Tigers of Auburn. Uh, the fighting Peyton Thorns, formerly of the Michigan State Spartans. There's a uh, lot. That's a big number. Uh, I, I'm guessing because it is a home game, and and Auburn has been very inconsistent. Who do you like in this one? Uh, that's a rivalry game. That is way too many points for my liking. Give me, give me Auburn. Although, again, not confident, but give me Auburn to cover. Uh, I think LSU. Wins this one. I, I I think 11. I think a two-touchdown game is fitting, even though that, that number is, is kind of high. So you took so LSU? I'm going to take LSU in this one. Home it is game. A game. It's a night yeah. game. So. Yeah, Death Valley down there, a tough place to play at night. So give me give me the give me the Tigers. You know, the Tigers down there from Bayou. Corvallis is where we're heading next. The Bruins going up against the – the Beavers, DJU played a pretty good game last week, uh, given four points to the Bruins. Uh, I like Oregon State here. I like what they did against Utah. They they pretty much dominated that game last week. So I, I think this number is about right. Uh, give me the Beavers to win. Robbie? Uh, Oregon State was my preseason pick to win the Pac-12. I still believe in them. Um, it's a tough matchup. They got it in Corvallis. Corvallis late at night, not easy to win at. Um, I agree. I like Oregon State. Moving on to where you'll be this Saturday. Good old Knoxville, Rocky Top, Rocky Top, Tennessee. Got the Aggies going in to face the Volunteers. And this number intrigues me. I think this number's low. 
I really do. Ooh. I I I I thought this number was going to be uh, upwards of a touchdown. I'm I'm a bit surprised. So I'm here, curious to hear what you have to say. What do you like in this one? Um. So I think the spread's about right. Um. I think this is going to be a turnover game. Whoever turns the ball over the least wins. Um. Ironically, back in 2016, I was at A&M. It was a six-overtime game, I think it was. Uh, probably the longest football game I've ever been to. Um, and that started Butch Jones's downfall and ultimately firing a loss on the road uh, in a and I wonder if this isn't the same kind of parallel thing. I think Tennessee wins covers and if this doesn't start to get people talking about jimbo yeah um lee or nayland's gonna be yeah, they're doing check loud oh, yeah they're gonna be loud um a m loses last week or was it last week let's to alabama see. yeah they lose last week to alabama which I thought that they were going to win. I picked AM to win. Uh, very disappointing. Um, offensive just wasn't there. I, I, I tend to agree with you on this one. Milton has not looked good, as, as I've highlighted, and we've all spoke about time and time again. But this game's at home, and, and Tennessee plays different at home. Uh, ask the Crimson Tide of Alabama last year. Uh, so I like Tennessee in this one, 330 kick. Those fans are going to be rabid down there, 107,000 in Nayland Stadium, including you being there. Uh, I look forward to uh, some pictures of that one. So give me the the volunteers to uh, take on the Jimbo Fishers. Uh, and, yes, uh, I do believe this could be the end of Jimbo Fisher as a head coach in college football. Moving on to South Bend, Indiana, where yours truly and Raj Mehta will be live. Reckless speculation on the road from the tailgate. Uh, this is going to be fun. I cannot wait to get down there for this game. You got Notre Dame, their biggest rivalry, going up against SC. Three-point favorite. Uh, this might be the biggest head-scratcher of the week. Uh, Robbie, what do you think in this one? Um, yeah, you, you know my thoughts about USC or uh, Notre Dame. Um, they are overrated. They, I don't think the home field crowd's all that intimidating necessarily. Very quiet. Very um, quiet there. Yeah. So I think Caleb Williams has a field day. Uh, I do think it gets close if this was. Uh, because all USC games get close. If this was minus three on USC, I may take Notre Dame in a one or two point game. But for me, this is a no brainer. Take the most talent, the better coach team, uh, even if they're on the road. Yeah, I Notre Dame offensively has shown the last three to four weeks that they're they're just not there for whatever reason it is. Uh, unless they figure out their run game, and Estime has a hell of a game, which is possible because USC's defense is Swiss cheese. It's, it's, it, Raj will tell you, it's it's very subpar. Um, 
I do think this is going to be a, a, a pretty high-scoring game. Caleb Williams, I don't see where he doesn't throw for four touchdowns and 300 yards in this game. So uh, USC, I think I think double digits. I think 10 is probably right around where this, uh, this game will, will be. Before we move on, isn't this USC team just what Lincoln Riley had at Oklahoma? Like whenever they run into a good – defensive team they're gonna get beat uh maybe maybe uh if if the freshman returner is not on the field uh which raj has highlighted he's one hell of a player he's a he's a spark plug for that offense kick returner and receiver um if he's not on the field i think notre dame might have a chance but uh all indications are he's gonna play but um yeah i just Rivalry game. Uh, I think Raj said it's the anniversary of the the Bush push. So uh, I can't wait for that one. Uh, and it'd be really fun to do uh, uh, a pregame show with Raj. So look forward for that coming up this Saturday. Uh, information to come, details to come. Moving on to the NFL. The NFL, the king Going into Nashville, Tennessee, where Robbie probably will have to give away his tickets. No, no, this is in London. Oh, it is in London. That's right. My bad. Um, JP chiming in, USC sucks. Um, uh, I don't disagree, uh, but I do think uh, this week they do take out Notre Dame. Um, But, yes, you're right. We're going to London for another early Sunday morning kick. Robbie, it's your team. It's a roller coaster. Uh, what are we going to see this week? Because uh, we saw bad Titans this week, I expect the Titans to um, not only cover but win money line. I, why? How? No idea. But it's going to be – this is my starred money line special. So you're going Titans. Uh, Yes, I, I had no faith in them, but they're just Jekyll and Hyde. Four and a half. Um, I don't, I don't know who the Ravens are. They definitely looked uh, subpar last week against Pittsburgh. Albeit Pittsburgh has a really good defense, and when anytime you have T.J. Watt on the field, um, that's going to bode well for you. But um, Lamar has not been impressive. Odell Beckham's been hurt. Shocker there. So he hasn't really seen much of the the, the football field. Uh, Zay Flowers has been really the the one constant on that offensive side. Uh, but man, this this is a neutral field. I it's a tough one. This is a tough game. I, I think Baltimore comes back and and squeaks out four and a half's tough. Man, uh, give me Tennessee to cover here four and a half. Uh, I think it, it comes down to a, a field goal at the end of the game, maybe a 61 yarder off the crossbar to, to win it. Like, uh, like they did in Detroit a couple of years ago. So give me, uh, give me Tennessee to cover. Uh, the team that just spent two weeks in London comes home to play the Minshew mania 
Indianapolis Colts given four and a half points Jacksonville. Uh, I think Jacksonville has found their stride. They went to London uh, one and three, and now they're, or I'm sorry, one and two, uh, and they come back from London three and two. Uh, I think they found their stride, like I said. I think Doug Peterson is is, is a hell of a coach, exactly what uh, Trevor Lawrence needs. They got great, great uh, running production last week from uh, Etienne and – I see it continuing. Give me Jacksonville in this game. Oh, okay. We are differing on this one. Uh, I think the reverse London effect takes its course. And I think they go back. I do think Jags win. I think Minshew, though, keeps it close. Um, God, this division is terrible. Uh, but give me the Colts with the points. Cover. Okay. Uh, what could turn out to be one of the better games this weekend? Cincinnati, as we stated earlier, big, big kind of recovery game last week in Arizona. And Seattle has been kind of the surprise of the season thus far. Um, after a really bad start losing at home to the Rams in week one, they've, they've been they've been good. They've been one of the better teams in football. Uh, this is a big test. I, I think Baltimore, or I'm sorry, I think the Bengals may have uh, figured things out. Uh, what do you think about this game? Um, I think Seattle is sneaky good. And I think that the Bengals have no fear in their own division. Uh, I'm going to take Seattle with the points. Okay. And I will go Cincinnati. I think three is 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 about right. Uh, this this game low scoring. I could see it being like a twenty four twenty one, you know, type of scenario. A twenty seventeen. Uh, Cincinnati has a better kicker, uh, and that could come into effect in this game. So give me the Bengals heading down to Tampa. Where my one pride, Detroit Lions, face the fighting Baker Mayfields of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This game was flexed from 1 p.m. kick to a 4 o'clock kick, uh, which is crazy that uh, a Lions team would get flexed. But that shows you where where we're at right now. Uh, I'll let you go first on this one. Who do you like? Um, th- this is scary for me because – this to me is the easiest line of the weekend, which makes me wonder. Um, Tampa has scored 84 points this whole season. Detroit's at 148. Um, Tampa's got a good defense. Detroit's got a better offense. I take offense over defense in this NFL. Detroit's playing with confidence. Tampa's kind of staying alive. Uh, it scares me, though. It scares me so much that I'm taking Tampa because I don't understand this line. Ooh. That's reckless. Woo. Yes, and yes, speculative. It is. Yes, it is. Yes, it Again, is. Robbie is representing the name of this, this program to a T tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I said earlier, 
I think the Lions are a better road team right now than they are a home team. Going into Kansas City and win. Go to Green Bay, which we're referring to as Lion Bow now in this neck of the woods, and oh. dominate. Um, I think this is Lions all the way. Each week, they've kind of opened up the playbook a little bit more. Ben Johnson comes up with a play, the, the triple reverse uh, toss touchdown to Laporta, which the San Francisco 49ers did the same exact play later on Sunday night, and George Kittle admitted as much. They saw the play. He immediately went to the coach and said, hey, we have that in the in the repertoire. We need to pull it out, and they did. So uh, I think this is a, a game where a Baker Mayfield is, 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 is on his horse a lot of the game. Tampa Bay doesn't have much of a run game. Uh, I, I like the Lions. I like the Lions by a touchdown here. Uh, the cornbread is hot. The Kool-Aid is Honolulu blue and silver and cold. I, I'm all about it, so give me the Lions. Heading just south to where you're at right now, the Mercedes-Benz Dome, where the Commanders will take on the Falcons. Uh, here's two teams that we don't even know who they are. Very intriguing matchup here. Uh, this might as well be a pick em as far as I'm concerned. And frankly, I think uh, by the time the game starts, it might be a pick em. Uh The Falcons looked pretty good last week. They, they put the offense together. Ritter looked good. Bijan had a nice game. Um, I like the Falcons here. Uh, I don't think Washington can, can, can put up the scoring that Atlanta can. This game's at home albeit Atlanta doesn't really have much of a home field advantage, but I think they have enough to get it done. Give me the Falcons. Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Mercedes-Benz Dome is in New Orleans. The stadium oh, is stadiums. in Atlanta. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. In my opinion, the nicest stadium, nicest uh, sports complex that I've ever been to. Um, cheapest, uh, cheapest concessions, too. Yes, yes. Uh Somehow Atlanta taxpayers loves their, their sports, but um, I agree with Tom. This is a tough game. I don't know anything. I mean, I, I don't know what real teams are are between these two. I do think that Atlanta's starting to play with its weapons more, and uh, Atlanta is a essentially a home dog. We get the under. Uh, we get the points taken into it. So I'm going. To, uh, Atlanta also. I think Atlanta wins here. Uh, Robinson's starting to take off. They're starting to finally find Pitts. And uh, and so, yeah, Ritter's playing better at, at home. I agree with you. Another great home venue because people are more in the Delta Sky Club or the, the Delta Club than they are on, in the field. But, yes. Heading out to SoFi for – Sunday night, uh, I'm sorry, Monday night football, I believe. The Cowboys, who just got embarrassed in San Francisco, going into the Chargers, Dallas is giving two points. And, and this is another head-scratcher for me. Uh, obviously, the, the Chargers will not have home field advantage on their home field. Uh, so I think that is coming to play here. Um, but I just, I, I, I think that the Cowboys may have been a little exposed here. What do you think? 
uh yeah so as as unbiased as i can possibly be uh the team that i despise the most in professional sports is the chargers uh <laughs> and so there i have a long history with them that i just don't like them uh even though i lived in san diego for five years i rooted from the lose every single weekend uh but I agree with you. It's weird that the Cowboys are getting two in so far. Yes, it's going to be a road game for the Chargers. I actually, I'm going to uh, San Diego, LA over Thanksgiving. I try to get some people to go to a Chargers game. They're like, nah, we're good. So I may go up to the stadium by myself. So I want to see it. That's a long way of saying um, I don't trust Dallas either, though. Um, I don't trust the chart. Can we get over under on this? Um, I, <laughs> um, Dallas off of a beat down. Um, this is a really coin toss. It's like the over under, the over under <sighs> per DraftKings. Is 50 and a half for this game. Uh, I'll just go Chargers because I guess I like to lose money. Uh, but over 50 and a half, I will go over. Just side note. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, there's always a couple games in the season where the Cowboys look invincible. They did get exposed last week against San Francisco. But they're going into a place where, like we said, they're going to have the advantage with the crowd. The Chargers have no defense whatsoever. Irregardless to having Justin Herbert, who is a hell of a quarterback, they have a hell of a offense on that side. He's got a finger issue on his throwing hand where it got caught in a face mask uh, the weekend prior. So I don't know how healthy his hand's going to be. And I really do think that that is coming into play in this one. 100% go with the over. I think this is a shootout because uh, neither team have have a, a decent secondary. I'll go back to what I've said all along. Micah Parsons is probably one of the top three players in the world right now. Um, and he's looking for revenge after last week's game. Uh, give me the Cowboys in this one last second field goal to win. Um, Going to be an offensive uh, display, but uh, I think they the, the Cowboys have a little bit better on defense, which is really crazy to say. Uh, flipping the switch to three weeks ago, they had the most obscene uh, defense, but they lose Trayvon Diggs with an ACL for the season, and it's kind of gone down ever since. But uh, going to be interesting to find out, to kind of watch how this thing plays out, uh, uh, look back for next week to see how good or bad we did. So uh, moving on to final words. It's a short one tonight, uh, just you and I. So, Robbie, what do you got? Um, well, uh, 
I'll say this, um, and it's it's been a uh, as I, as I said in the beginning, it's been a rough uh, couple of weeks for me. Um, take time. Uh, I've started like, hey, write out one month. Like, hey, this is a friend group or a couple or a friend or something that you want to have happy hour with or dinner with or just a phone conversation with. Like, just take time. You're, I know we're all busy and we all have so many commitments, but take time to take time to reach out to people that are close to you. Um, Tom, I, Brandon, and Raj are lucky. We talk on Mondays. We have the show on Tuesdays. Um, we text throughout the week about different things. But not everybody has that. Yeah. And so it's easy to say, oh, yeah, I'll, like, I have my class, class reunion um, followed by a tragedy, or tragedy followed by my class reunion. It's like, yeah, we'll, we'll hang out more. Well, we're actually taking time to hang out more and to yeah. plan things and to literally put it on the calendar and let's stick to it. And so that, they you not know, final words this week and, you know, just, just, just really, uh, do like literally take time to hang out and like follow through. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, Tom's has been in Tennessee a couple of times. We're going to come up to Michigan and we're going to do it and not just say it. And so that's my final words. I like it. I like it. Uh, and, and, and my final words are similar to what you, you kind of reflected. Um, there's a lot going on in the world today. Uh, as we all know, the headlines, uh, what's going on in, in, in Israel between uh, the Israelis and the Palestinians. And it's just, uh, n- you know, not to really get too politicized and that, but uh, it, it makes you really realize what we do have here in this country. Um, are we divided? Yes. Um, are there threats? Sure. But I don't think any of us feel uh, frightened or, or, or afraid to the level of those 250 young lives that were wasted at a music festival uh, when the Hamas militants uh, paraglided in and started picking them off and, and kidnapping them. And it's just a horrific scene. And for me, who my wife and I like to go to festivals, this one really hits hard because um, at any given moment, anything could happen. And, and, you know, we're vulnerable to it. And to see what those young people went through and, and one minute you're dancing and having a great time and the next minute you're dead. And, and um, it just makes you think about the importance of life. And I've said it before, this is a sports show, but at the end of the day, we're, we're human beings. And, and there's a lot more to this world. There's a lot more to society than just sports. We are, are blessed to have the opportunity to speak sports and, and, and have that camaraderie, camaraderie between the four of us. But there's a lot of other people out there that it's not that simple. Just, you know, going to work, uh, just living is a challenge over there. So take a minute and, and, and look at your life. And from somebody else's vantage point and, and realize that, you know what, you, things are pretty good over here in comparison. Uh, I'm going through a rough patch in my in my career. Uh, there's a lot of question marks. Um, 
But when I stop and think about where I'm at compared to where um, these people on the other side of the world are, uh, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. So um, just just appreciate what you have and, and absolutely agree with, with Robbie. Um, reach out. If there's somebody that you haven't talked to in a while, just do it. If you've been on the fence and you want, you're worried about how they might react, who cares? Just do it because at the end of the day, um, it matters. Uh, whether you might think it doesn't or not, but it, it does matter. So um, life is what you make of it, and it's very fragile and could be gone in, in a heartbeat. So uh, don't take advantage or don't take for granted opportunities that you have because they might be gone. So I love it. Uh, Robbie, I, I love how you challenge me to be a better human being and, and, and Raj and Brandon do the same thing. I think that's what makes this show very unique. And uh, I always look forward to uh, Tuesday nights where we can get, send us out to the masses. So uh, yeah. thanks buddy. I, I, I appreciate what you give and, and, who you, you make us all better. Uh, well, well, the feeling is mutual. I can assure you that. Love it. So, again, a quick reminder, go like, follow, subscribe. It really does help us out. It, it helps get the message out. And and like I mentioned a second ago, you know, we are a sports show, but we are human beings. And and we do like to talk about other things other than sports. And, and this being uh, National Mental Health Day, it is a good reminder what we just spoke about in our final words. So kind of live that mantra if you can. I think you'll be blessed uh, in, in many ways if you do yeah. so. Yeah. Well, and a fun little game. Go to your contacts in your phone. Scroll through. See who you haven't talked to in a while. Send them a text message. How are you? What are you up to these days? Yep. And you'd be amazed how many people that will connect with. Yeah, I like it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I know I have to, I haven't spoke to my brother in about a month. I'm going to do that. I'm going to send him a text because uh, we've been on rocky grounds, but uh, there's always time to fix those relationships. So I love it. <clears throat> Great show, Robbie. Again, we look forward to having yeah. Raj and Brandon back next week. And uh, don't look out for reckless speculation from South Bend, Raj and I. Uh, whether Raj shows up or not is to be determined, but I'm going to jump on and yeah. uh, I'll be uh, uh, broadcasting a little tidbit from there. So look out for that. But uh, for Robbie Davis, yeah, I am I'll, Tom Sloan. I'll try to figure out how to do some stuff on A&M weekend. I'll try to figure <laughs> out the phone. So. That, that will be wonderful. We'll, we'll look out for that. Uh, <laughs> one day, one day. <laughs> thanks a lot, guys. We'll look forward to seeing you here next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of Reckless Speculation. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube searching Reckless Speculation. Catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to catching you right here next week with another exciting episode of Reckless Speculation. Cheers. Cheers.